the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. Welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast featuring the open minded musings of two very elderly 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co host. Wait, I forgot to put a dash in this type. I'm your co host, sorry, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, uh, which, as everybody knows, are the purveyors of the most exciting white water rafting experience of your lifetime. With a staff comprised entirely of ex-felons, con man, known fugitives, <laughs> and even and even some of the people on Iraq's most wanted playing card deck. Wow, that's a big one, Bill. That's got a lot of there's a lot of things to unpack there. You the, know, the thought I had, I believe I believe in rehabilitation, Noah. Yes, I do too. In fact, that reminds me of something. I don't know if you remember this. You remember when Jerry Brown uh, was running for uh, the Democratic nomination in 1992? You remember that? Yeah. How could you forget? Yes. Yeah. Exactly, Jerry Brown. I'm Governor Jerry. I love Jerry Brown. Anyway, uh, he did something around the time he got pressed for it. I guess he was still governor of California at the time. I mean, he's been governor like seven times. No, he he wasn't because he was governor when I was born and he was governor again like two years ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he did a team-building whitewater rafting trip with leaders of the Blood and Crip gangs in L.A., like to get them to hang out with each other and be friends. I wonder what that was like. Yeah, that sounds like a movie. Like we should, that should be done. It does. I should look that up. I haven't thought about that in a while. But that was other thing. A whitewater rafting trip with members of the Bloods and the Crips. So this is like the crazy world of Jerry Brown. Crazy world of Jerry Brown. Yes, that's the song we started with, folks. Fire by the crazy world of Arthur Brown. And the reason we started with that is because, oh, I know Atarno. I'm the founder and senior oh, quiz Oh, yes, master yes, of, sorry, of course. Yes, I'm the founder and senior quiz master of the big quiz thing. The trivia game show spectacular. And on this show, we look at something that's happening, something that's new, usually pop culture. But this is, um, Bill, you saw this video. I mean, is it fair to say the video was going viral? Yes, early in the week, it was yeah. definitely going viral. Absolutely. It was going viral, and it was a preview of uh, a segment on Dateline NBC last night, as of this recording, Friday night, uh, April 28th. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, talked about enough that we thought it was worth talking about this, this legal, bizarre situation. And one of the many aliases used by this gentleman is Arthur Brown. And I read that, and I'm like, oh, like the crazy world of Arthur Brown, which was a odd band musical cabaret act of the 60s and their most remember hit is fire which we played and i thought wow this guy is called arthur brown and his world was crazy so appropriate song anyway but he is better known as uh nicholas rossi his birth name was nicholas oliverian and holy shit uh bill give us the basics on the nicholas oliverian video dateline legal situation yeah, well, you may know him better as uh, the current persona of Arthur Knight, not affiliated with Michael Arth- Knight. Arthur and, uh, Knight, yes. The yeah, guy in the video not- claims his name is Arthur Knight, and he has yeah. never set foot in the U.S., and his accent shifts between Irish and English, and there's a reason for that, he says. But he, not affiliated with Knight Industries 2000, no fast cars, no. Yeah, no, none of that no. stuff. Yes, so not related Arthur- to, to the Knight family who are Starman and DC Comics Universe, not at all. 
So if we're being absolutely precise about this, Arthur Knight is actually Arthur Messack Knight, 1864 to 1939, who is the third bishop of Rangoon <laughs> from 1903 to 1909. Wait a second. Wait, 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 in 1909, who also invented the Schenectady Potter? Wait, 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 hang on, that's not right either. Give me, give me a second. I got to flip through here. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I'm actually talking about Captain Arthur Gerald Knight, DSO MC, 1895 to 1916, who was a British World War One flying <laughs> ace credited with eight aerial victories. But he was picked out of the skies of Europe by the guns of one Manfred von Richthofen. Hang on a second, that's ah. not right either. That's that too is not correct. <laughs> Oh, here it is. No, I guess. Going back to what you're saying. I'm actually talking about Nicholas Alaverdian, born July yes. 11, 1987. Okay. All right. Now we're yes. on the same page here. Uh, also Nicholas known- Alaverdian. Nicholas Alaverdian. Also known as Nicholas Rossi. Uh, Arthur Knigget, Arthur Knight, uh, among other words. He's an American sex offender who faked his own death in 2020. Yes. Uh, tangent to what me and Noah were talking about, uh, or at least referring to obliquely before we went hot on the mics here. I think it's kind of important. I'm going to try to blast through this as fast as possible because we need some context. Just just to talk about why we're discussing this, I think, leaves out the gravity of essentially what happened before we got here. So let's imagine that there's a human being on Earth named Nicholas Alaverdian, who is a product of the Providence, Rhode Island area. Okay. Here's a short summary of the legal trouble we're going to talk about. In January of 2008, a Sinclair Community College student in Ohio met Alaverdian on the campus, had lunch with him, after which he offered to walk with her to the next class. In a basement stairwell, he pinned her against the wall, groped her, and felt himself up. He was convicted of public Uh. indecency and sexual imposition for that incident. He was required to register as a sex offender in the United States, or at least in Ohio. In November 2010... At Elevarian's house in Rhode Island, where most of this story takes place, a woman answered the door with marks above her left eye, neck, and arms uh, upon a police call and swelling around her right eye. Police saw Elevarian begging the woman from inside the house, saying something along the lines of, I'm sorry, can we please talk about this? Elevarian was arrested and he proclaimed his innocence and upon put into a police cruiser, he started hitting his head upon the bars of the back window, which is... Oh. Normal. Behavior. I didn't read that one, dude. That's there's so much. Are you going to talk about this for an hour? There's so many. I'm not. He assaulted gonna... a bunch of women. He's insane and a scumbag. And there's other things. He was involved in the Rhode Island state government. It's nuts. But it sorry, is nuts. Continue. Yeah. So no, there was there was in 2015. Uh, he was found guilty of uh, domestic cruelty and, and abuse to a woman who married him in 20, 2018. He was found guilty because rape kits that were filed in Utah matched yes. his, his yeah. Ohio rape kit. <sighs> okay, this this is the gross, weird, horrible, sex criminal, unrepentant stuff that, that is just the background that is for this. I mean, to get to the sort of quote-unquote lighter, uh, eccentric, oddball bullshit we're talking about, the pop culture component of what, of what this episode is hopefully going to be. Uh, it, it, you know, then in January 2020, this person we just described with all this huge rap sheet of bullshit claimed he was dying of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma 
In, in February 2020, news outlets reported his depth. They ran a, a, a... Yeah, but here's what I don't understand. Sorry, I got to interrupt you here. Why were news... Like, why was he famous? Why did anyone care? Just because he was a wanted criminal? Or because he had been involved in Rhode Island state government? My impression was from the stuff I watched that he had insinuated himself so much into the Providence State House that he right. was something of a something of a credible public figure, which is... Yes, they, the they, American, they, the American they honor... Right, they not knowing about a sex offender past after he died, they honored him in the state house. You know, yes. So um, the, they thought he the, was an advocate for abused children or something. Yeah. Okay. If anybody's still, if anybody's looking, something's missing. But okay. If anybody's looking to fake their death, it's like I'd honestly pay attention to some of the facts here because this lays out an appallingly easy case to disappearing in society. So long <laughs> as you don't, so long as you don't have a gigantic rap sheet of bullshit heading over your head. I mean. Apparently, there was like all it takes is a couple of phone calls from friends and a, a semi-credible uh, obit in a newspaper to essentially die. Um, anyway, so the thing is, reports of his death were disputed instantly by people who knew him, who said he's a professional con artist. And the FBI initiated a fraud investigation against him. Rhode Island police had a warrant on him for his failure to register as a sex offender in the state of Rhode Island. October 2021, he was discovered in a hospital in Scotland, Edinburgh, Scotland, while undergoing treatment for COVID-19. He was arrested in Scotland in December on charges of alleged rape in Utah in 2008 and other crimes. The efforts now are underway to extradite him back to the United States to answer for these crimes in addition to other alleged crimes, there's a whole thing. Again, you get from Noah's choking of urgency about this. There's so much stuff to talk about that isn't even <laughs> we haven't even addressed. Yeah. So the thing yeah. is, all right. So to jump ahead, as Noah likes to say, why are we talking about this today? Well, it really had to do with the fact that Dateline made a point of they leaked some uh, clips at the beginning of the week that they finally made good on. I think it was a night or so ago, uh, Thursday, Friday night, thereabouts. Dateline no, it was last at, night. It aired oh, last was, night. Okay, okay. Yes. So, so Dateline don't you listen is listen to me when I no, you don't, you don't listen. That's okay. I have listened. I'm used to Date, Dateline is a show which fully invests in the crapulence of our fellow man. It it does yep. the thing with the guys in the kitchen and you know looking yep. for ped- pedophiles and all that stuff. It it is some yep. of the what they call true crime, but is truly bottom feeding journalistic tabloid stuff along the way. So they they managed. I we're again. Hopefully, we'll get to this. It's like there they sent. Uh, uh, what was the woman's name? Um, Andrea Canning went all the way to yes. Scotland, and he consented to talk to this woman in his current uh, identity. You know, he's reset himself up over in the UK. As right. An, an, I, but an this Irish, was months ago. This yes. was months ago because he's in prison right now, awaiting mm-hmm. extradition. So this interview was months ago when he was a free man. Uh, so he was claiming, and again, any any news venue that sent a camera and an audio crew his way and some lights and some gaffers and some riggers, he sat in front of them and he would gasp behind an oxygen mask affecting the worst yes. Victorian accent you can imagine. Yes. While and he dressed. claimed he had nothing, right, nothing to do with the sex offender. He's a completely different person. He's never set foot in the U.S. It's and insane. he he sounds like he just stepped out of Dombey and Sons, the Charles Dickens novel, and he <laughs> he wears a polka dot, a Blenheim pattern polka dot bow tie, and right, and he right. also maintains this breathless. He dresses aspect. like you, Bill. He did well. Oh, we're, that look, that's coming at the end of this segment. We have this here. Okay, all but, right. But but the thing okay. is, it's like he he. Um, 
it's important that you actually go if you haven't already seen it, there's a good chance you already saw the footage about how preposterous his whole delusion is but to sort of see this creation of the man arthur knight he might as well have like someone said what's your name sir he might as well have said my name is uh knight dot 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 round table just looking around the room of things that he could have identified to, to, to sort of call himself and so again we're talking about this because the dateline thing ran it was too juicy to ignore yeah whether whether it's he's screaming he's yelling he's crying his glasses are fogging up he's but he's gasping the idea that he has this mask on he's gasping yeah anyway so no i yes i did pitch this this was my idea i didn't know how deep my foot would step into the quicksand upon upon choosing this so what do you have to say about it so much i mean you didn't even get like Apart from being a disgusting fucking rapist, um, he's a con artist. He, con- I mean, he had a, I don't want to say a tough life, but he was in and out of foster care. And he was a difficult person even from childhood, and, and he, he, he ripped off one of his foster parents to $20,000, and then he, he was working while he was in Scotland. He was working for this Canadian woman, supposedly a marketing, some website. She's like a TV host. And he didn't do any work, so she fired him. And then he just, like, did a smear campaign against her on the internet. I mean, he's a terrible person. Now, this guy, Arthur Knight, in this video, claims he has nothing to do with this. It's mistaken identity. He claims that they, oh, well, we have your fingerprints. Uh, You have the same tattoos that Nicholas Alivarian had. No, those were put on me when I was in the hospital. I mean, and then his freak out and his wife's freak out, and this is, like, his third wife, and he's 35 or whatever, it looks very fake. Looks very fake. I mean, you agree with me, Bill? This does not look sincere. I mean, I don't like to judge people on that because there are plenty of honest people who can't affect, you know, oh, I don't believe you. That's a bullshit it, assessment. It's a wholly come fabricated. It's a whole right. Everything and, about it is, is cheaply fabricated. A judge has determined he is this guy. His his uh, his real parents looked at the video like, that's him. The guy who almost, there was a, rep- uh, a state representative in Rhode Island you were closely with who almost adopted him, says that's him. I think it's fair to say it's him. And now he's been arrested. He's in an Edinburgh uh, jail and he's awaiting extradition. So, I mean, this guy is, it's a simple term, crazy. And look, uh, he has clearly a bad case of narcissism. He's sick. And look, my knee-jerk reaction when I see people like that is always to have sympathy because, you know, I got fucked up in some ways during my childhood too. Like, we all have our shit, right? And the way people express it is not always charitable or good. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I always refer back to him. But, like, fucking, it's like Trump. Like, my sympathy runs out when you are so nasty and forget nasty. I mean, he, he raped people. I mean, he's a fucking rapist. He's, a, he's an animal. And beyond the rape, it's, it's smearing this, this woman's business. It's ripping people off. He's got this weird egomania he can't let go of. There's a quote uh, in this little, like, 20-minute documentary from STV, Scottish television. It's a news broadcaster in Providence. And he said, when we were running this story, oh, is this really Arthur? Is this really Nicholas Elevarian? And he said, Arthur and I called me and was lecturing me, and I'm not him, not him. Like, if you've never been to Providence, why do you care that we set the record straight? Like, it, he phrased it better than that, because the way I'm saying it, I can wonder why someone cares. But he's like, clearly, he's one of these guys who has to insert himself in things. And this is a narcissist move, right? If you really weren't this guy and you're like, I have nothing to do with this guy. Anyway, he, he's very sick. 
So there's that. Now, people being obsessed with it, what do I think? Well, do you know who George Salamanzar was? Salamanzar? The name sounds familiar. Yeah, familiar. Okay. So he was a Frenchman in the late 1600s, early to mid-1700s. He was friends with uh, someone, uh, someone important, um, uh, Samuel Johnson. So he, he, he went to England and all this. Anyway, he, no one, George Salamanazar was a um, pseudonym. No one knows his real name. And he was a lecturer and a tutor and supposedly very intelligent. He lied about everything. And his big story was he claimed he was from Formosa, which is what they then called the island that is now known as Taiwan. And he made up stories about Formosa that it was this magical land where people's teeth were made of crystal. And he, he's just a very famous, very interesting. He, he published a book that was a bestseller about how amazing Formosa was. And, you know, people were crazy. And we still remember. I mean, how many people from that era do we still remember their names? And it's because it's a fascinating story. He spun this story. And if he published this book and just said it's a made-up fucking land, it probably would have been a hit in its own right. I don't find the... I mean, someone's going to make a damn movie about Nicholas Alivarian. But I don't find the stories he spin to be entertaining in their own right. I don't want to hear about women being raped. I mean, I want to hear... I want, quote-unquote, want to hear about it because it's important these women be heard and people know that these things happen. But, like, it's not an entertaining story. The, the, his crimes aren't, like, daring and fun to read about. They're just either sordid or, like, boring. I don't care. Um, so, you know, I'm disgusted by this guy... I'm glad it looks like he's getting his cup up it's that people aren't buying this bullshit because he's a piece of shit and I hope he rots in jail and it's looking likely he will. But as a, ooh, isn't this juicy? Like, not really. I don't care. You know, I wouldn't say it's juicy at all. I agree with you. And, you know, the, the, again, the, the contorted, horrible path, the, 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 the small intestine worth of convolutions to get to this point isn't worth it for all the victims along the way that have been chewed up and spat out of this guy. This fucking monster. It, but but it's like to arrive at this final endpoint of a guy slumping in a chair, this corpulent man with the oxygen mask, fuzzing up his glasses with hot breath. You know, <laughs> trying to, he's like, I can't stand. He tries to get up and his wife pushes him yeah. down. And it's so phony. It's, it's so, so phony. phony. Everything about it is so phony. Yeah. Like we could, we could just like stop and say this phenomenon, this particular thing is so preposterous in a way that we've rarely seen where it's like Zelig, you know, like Arthur Zelig became other people and he really believed that he could like almost like turn himself black or Native American or, or you know, fat or thin depending on who he was standing next to because the, the, such was the power of his self-realization. If you guys don't know the movie Zelig, it's actually a great movie and kind of, I mean, it's a little, I get the, the, the personality who made it is, is, is offensive, but the movie's great. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. You get my I point. have a theory that it's, it's, yeah, it's okay to watch his old movies. I wouldn't watch his new movies. That's sort of right, right. But, but it's like I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Just to 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 hyperfixate as I did on this bit, and again, I, I watched all the same things Noah did. Uh, the stuff that came out of Scotland, like listening to the Scots themselves with their own lurid nighttime tabloids. There's stuff on the Daily Mail, which is the worst scum UK tabloid shit in the history of the universe. There's any number of ways to approach the like. How does how do normal people react to this outside of America? Like how do people look at this kind of thing? 
And, you know, like the Dateline thing is made for TikTok. It is a viral clip that is just state-of-the-art <laughs> okay. state yeah. where Andrea Cannon keeps saying over, what do you say to the people who say these are crocodile tears? What do you say to the people who say that Arthur Knight doesn't exist? And, you know, it was tailor-made for a small bit of watching this corpulent man gasp behind essentially, and if not just an affected accent, but the affected... Uh, COVID damage. The the breathlessness itself is a performance of. It's it could be a character from the Dark Knight. It's like a Bane. It's what Bane sounded like when you pulled his fucking mask off. It's so preposterous. <laughs> and you know, I, does I just, this matter who I am? What matters is my plan. <laughs> When I when I stopped at the video and I went and I talked to my wife and I said uh, I said Janice, you got to take a look at this. And uh, I said, you know what, what this strikes me as? I, I, seeing this performance, seeing the fact that he invited Dateline to his house in Edinburgh, Scotland, which is a beautiful town. There are other, so many other things to do rather than invite Dateline cameras to your house. And you wear a Blenheim, uh, you, you dress essentially like an English dandy fop from the, a Beau Brummel from the year 1888. Like all those things don't have to be done as such. I said, when you watch him do this and the getting up in the chair and nearly stumbling and his wife putting him back down again by his wide waist, I said, I know in his head at that point, I just have this hunch that he says, you know what? I aced this. I nailed it. I got it. <laughs> all, I need, all I need to do is keep over and over again saying, how dare you say I'm this man that I say I'm not? And eventually the world will believe it because I do. And that's the phenomenon here. I'm not trying to... I'm, I don't want to separate this from the crime. I don't want to separate this from the horror that women have had to live through. And women. It's women who've had to live through. He is not fucked with yeah. men. He is he has ruined women's or tried he ripped to... It, he, yeah, I guess I guess the people he ripped off was his foster mother. It was this female... Uh, he accused uh, the Utah prosecutor who's, who's prosecuting him. He accused him of being a Satanist. Uh, but it's mainly women. It's almost entirely women. Yes, you're right. This is a pattern of him doing this bullshit over and over again. And again, it's like we know where the victims are, but it comes to this this clearly coalescent, truly. And the funny thing is, even though the guy's in Scotland, it, I think this is a truly American story in the weirdest <laughs> yes, it fucking is. way. So are you saying that they've got the wrong guy? Andrea, I am not Nicholas Allen. Why do people care? I mean, you said it's made for TikTok. Is it on TikTok? Is it all over TikTok? Is that how you discovered it? Are you TikTok checking is... TikTok? What's wrong with you, man? Uh, there's no way to avoid this kind of thing at this point. It's it's mm. part of our I, I hadn't heard of it, but okay. But um, there's no way. You have to. They're, it, they're not going to ban TikTok. Congress is going to make it mandatory. They're going to make it mandatory, um, yes. Well, once the Chinese ta invade and take over when we're, when we're at our weakest. Um, so, Bill, why, why do people care about this? Uh, well, look, the, the, I think what I tried to, you know, preface this by saying this is not, there's very little about the story that's current other than the deadline thing, dateline, sorry. Um, you know, like a lot of the, the, the real heavy lifting was done months ago by, you know, European, UK, uh, news agencies. That's where a lot of, some of this great stuff. They sent, they sent a person on the ground. I forget her name. She's a really, a really good journalist. Did a lot of honest due diligence walking around 
such a weird picture. The Dateline? It was Andrea no, Andrea no, the, Canning. The, Scott, the Scots journalist who went Oh, out the there. Scottish woman. Yeah, she was excellent. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was excellent. It's like, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. It's like, wow, what an, almost like a paid vacation or punishment, I don't know, to fly to Providence and to walk around <laughs> and just essentially, just, it's, it's such a strange jangle. It's like, could anyone have told Providence this Providence is all right. Providence it's, isn't bad. It's a, no, it's, it's a okay. New England city, you know? It it's, is. It's, it's like mini Boston. It's like, it's like boston like. And the people, the bar she went to, where she's talking to that real Providence bartender, those yeah, guys, sure. the author, yeah, that stuff is great, man. I, if you get a chance, yeah. look at this this Scottish piece. You, it's easily yeah. it's easily findable. It's the biggest one. But look, so so the thing is, Dateline, which has not been on anyone's the tip of anyone's lips for a long time, Dateline kind of put itself to the head of the conversation this week. The piece gave a little bit of viral tinder that needed to turn a smoldering, you know, ember into a flame. And, you know, the the coupled with the fact that this guy Rossi uh, or, 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 you know, uh, Garabedian or Ogbesian, what the fuck? Alivarian. Alivarian. Yeah. The, I, put, I had the subtitles on the Scottish thing and one time it literally said his last name was Alovera. Alovera. I, I believe it. He, he, uh, you know, he invited these things into his household. And, you know, my favorite, my favorite detail is that he called the product, the Providence knew he personally refuted yeah. the, pro- like he did not go for the big guys. He didn't call Manhattan. He said he was calling the yeah. channels he knew from growing up in Providence. Yeah. yeah. It, it's even so though he claimed he wasn't that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he called the exact place that that guy would have known. He might as well have called. They the put dri- the tattoos on him when he was in the hospital. He might as well have called the drive time DJ for the Providence Greater Metroplex. <laughs> Honestly, what's the Providence Providence Morning Zoo? He called. <laughs> but, but it's like uh, this is such, it's such a ridiculous sham of an identity. And and again, if I I don't want to drive your attention to a sick fuck who doesn't deserve your attention, even even well, if it's we'll the forget left. his name and. Th- Dude, we'll forget yeah. his name okay. in three days. But if it's like if you yeah. observe if you observe his sham on this dateline thing, and you know he is a vi- look right now he is a very safe punching bag for anyone who understands the the basic merest rudiments of Schadenfreude. You know, like this is a guy everyone could could just punch in his fucking rib cage and not feel bad about. There's, mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. he's he is uniquely yeah. set up right now for anyone to say yes. We all agree he's a fucking monster and a douche. Uh, well, I'm going to contradict myself a little because I said it's a boring story, but there are actually some details that are not boring, are interesting. Um, I mean, really gets at what a scumbag he is. So when he was, first of all, he 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 was one of these serial exaggerators. Like he took it like. Uh, he took a Harvard extension course, which, by the way, you don't need to get it. You just sign up for it, like an adult thing offered by Harvard. He took a, a class there, two classes there, and then he went around calling himself a Harvard scholar, right? Kind of misleading. He apparently sent a woman he was trying to impress, who I think he eventually raped, a fake— Oh, I accidentally emailed that to you, a fake acceptance letter from Harvard. So we love to catch these fakes, right? We love, oh, you're such a poser. But worse than that, when uh, this woman in Utah— uh, you know, reported on him for raping him. Uh, he was found guilty. He didn't get jail time and that he had to register as a sex offender. He tried to get a new trial based on what he described as newly discovered evidence. The evidence was a printed picture of a MySpace post apparently offered by his victim. I'm not going to use her name here. 
in which she seemed to recant her court testimony. A forensic computer expert dismissed the documents as fakes, according to court records. The court ruled the MySpace post was, quote, not credible. And then, get this, his case against this woman, you know, because he was suing her for, because he claimed it was all made up, was ultimately dismissed in 2014. Later that year, he penned an essay titled, My Personal 9-11, in which he wrote of the woman, her acts, this is unbelievable, her acts are tantamount to flying planes into my twin pillars of personal success and public service. My goals and aspirations crumble to the earth, amassing a huge heap of rubble. Holy fuck. Then he claimed he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Then he claimed he was dying. Then he claimed he was... and then He, he claimed he was alive. dead. Right. He claimed he wrote his own obituary. So I'm contradicting myself to say it's not interesting. These are interesting details. I think the whole sweep of this... Look, you could make them into an interesting movie or book or something. Fine. I guess what I find uninteresting about it is they're sorted. Like, I don't want to go over them over and over again. There's nothing... I mean, George Salamanazar told a, a fantasy story that had... I mean, I'm sure from a modern perspective, it was kind of racist. To say no no victims. No victims. You know, arguably, yeah. I don't, I don't know enough details. This is just gross. And I've said this in a lot of recent episodes. I'm tired of gross. But anyway, why? People are interested because they like those details. As you said, they will... Yeah, we all want to hate him. But that leads to the other thing, and I think I talked about this years ago when we talked about the Firefest, right? Is that we live in this world where the bad guys, I'm enough of an optimist, I won't say always, but I will say too often for sure seem to be winning. And the con artists seem to be winning. And the obvious fakes, too many people believe the believe bullshit, believe the phonies and the liars and QAnon and Trump and all that. Here we have this guy who everyone's agreeing is full of shit, who the states of Utah and Ohio are bringing the hammer down on him, who's probably going to go to jail and rot in jail. Good. It feels good. It feels good to see some justice. And this is justice because he's not just... I mean, the Firefest guy, yeah, he, he totally ripped those people off and he deserves to be in jail. But this guy is way fucking worse. And... I can't even begin to imagine what it must be like to be raped, but I have to surmise that it feels better than not if if your if your attacker goes to jail. They claim this man faked his own death to evade no, those charges. No. Did you fake your own death? I'm Jared. Uh, uh, we're sitting having a conversation. I've never been dead to anyone. Uh, this is such a strange uh, topic, topic uh, heading for us here, Noel. But how would you have felt about this fiasco when you were a kid? Yeah, I don't. I, this is one of these topics that doesn't feel like I'd have a different reaction then than now. I mean, I don't know. I like to say I was dumber back then. I'm not sure that's the case. So I wasn't dumber. I might have been smarter. Uh, but I might have been more amused by this stuff. I might have thought there's more of a story here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I watched Dateline a lot in my late 20s because I, I had a bizarre fascination with To Catch a Predator. <laughs> so maybe I would have, like, made an appointment my Friday night to watch that instead of, like, I can't imagine any scenario in which I would, like, say, oh, I'm going to watch Dateline now. I mean, I guess you could watch it online, but you need Peacock, right? Um, well, I, I, I watched some of it. You, you can essentially sign up for an account just with an email address and watch this once. Just to watch That's it? That's all you okay. have to do. Well, yeah, it works. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So I don't know. Maybe in my 20s I would have been more into this. But I See, I think this guy, in 
he is a, a particular form of self-sabotaging grandstanding um, that would have delighted me to no end. And I mean, I'll, I'll add a little depth to it. Essentially, look, he, he is for the purposes of us having this conversation, he's waving an enormous flag with his face on it. He's claiming not to be the guy on that flag who's, who's you know, that he's waving at the point. <laughs> but so the thing is, somewhere inside of this, and I'm not trying to give any sort of sympathy, but I'm somewhere inside of this is a human being who's really fucked up and a, and a complete disaster, yeah. who was turned yeah. into a monster by human beings, by, by grown human beings. Whatever natural tendencies exist in a human being, he also, this was a monster factory that extruded him. We don't know the nature of that. We just don't know. We, we can't even claim, you know, any of the, of the knowledge of that. We don't know who his parents were. We knew there was a foster system involved. but We know the, who know, his parents were. We know who his parents were. They no, 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 I'm saying, father who, I'm saying we don't who know who him. the character. We don't know that. We know the, the identity. Oh, we don't but, know what kind of people they were. I correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like his, his father, his stepfather who adopted him was an Engelbert Humperdinck impersonator. That's true. And when they yeah. interview him on this Scottish thing, he's wearing a T-shirt with a picture of Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, I love, you know, I'm just a, like, that's a like, career. Like what? To, to, okay. to step aside, this guy looked like one of my uncles from Long Island. The guy's on camera, I barefoot, sitting oh, on a did. bench with a oh, pot belly and tan skin and a cigarette talking to this the camera. It's like, you know what? I don't give a shit who's talking to me. I am not dressing up for this occasion. I don't care what media venue is discussing <laughs> it. But, but it, my point is, is that when I was a kid, it's so easy to cut yourself off from uh, human beings and to say, it's like, you are a uh, Potemkin village of a fraud, of a sham, of, of a lie, of a travesty. And that's what this guy is. He's, he's George Santos. You know, they're, they're, you don't need to have any yeah. depth to kick him in the fucking ribcage or the solar plexus, as you say. Because it's just such an easy target. And so as a kid, it's like this is exactly what fuels the hate of a young mind, a young aggressive mind. It's un- unguided onto another human being. This is this is all of the makings for a fucking slime factory. You know, this this was the very essence of bullying and dehumanization in school. But we can feel good about this because this guy's a fucking asshole. I'm 100% sure that it's Nicholas Aliverdian. I will bet... $50,000 cash on it, and I'll put the cash up. Is there any aspect of the Nicholas Rossi, Nicholas Alivarian phenomenon that you think heralds the apocalypse? Yeah, I, you know, I had a really deep thought after this, not just talking about the fact that this fucking guy is, you know, a creep from hell and he's living on earth amongst the rest of us, um, you know, perpetrating various uh identities poorly doing so shoddily and all that stuff as a sham of a mockery of a, of, of a travesty of a man when you said before about the whole thing about a sex criminal that he was found guilty of uh, getting on a registry why was he loose to repeat these things over and over again noah i don't understand yeah. how he yeah was... why didn't he go to jail why didn't I... he go to jail at, at don't no... get that at no point in my research was it ever confirmed why this man, other than the fact that he was a doughy, me-looking jerk-off from the East Coast, how did he somehow skip ahead of any kind of accountability other than the fact that he's got a record and a, 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 a you know, a sex, a sex, a pedo, uh, no, not a pederast, I'm sorry, a sex offender record in all these states, but he was still placed back on the street and he just essentially wound up the spring and went about doing every single sham everywhere you dropped him on the ground over and over again. 
I mean, it, it, the apocalypse part is that this guy is totally fucked right now. But I mean, he was able to defraud and do sex crime at leisure, you know. And and yeah. I, I, I I'm not I don't want to sound grim about this at this point, but look, the horse left the barn. And it just made it made me keep thinking about all those bad fucking men who were only caught after it was too late. Like all these guys did a Sherman's March to the Sea, whether it's fucking Les Moonves or Roger Ailes or Epstein or Weinstein, all these fucking guys where it's like, okay, I'm I'm glad you stopped them when you did. You slammed the brakes on it. But it's like there's a trail of bodies yeah. and broken yeah. careers that go back and it's like those yeah. are powerful men this is just like a douchebag who this is what we could do with no power like look at look at the fecklessness of this fucking guy Aliverdian is is what somebody in our position could do imagine it like again if you were the head of CBS look what Les Moonves could do he just yeah. ceased careers just by fiat you know the bad man win yeah. and I, I wish there was another way to look at this but that's that's the apocalypse part of it for me yeah I mean I want to say it's not the apocalypse because here's someone getting their comeuppance but you're right it's after a lot of damage was done and how did it get this far I, I think you're right uh, but I think the greater apoplexy apoplexy Act, I don't know. I a pop, 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 pop. Uh, right. Lake, Lake Apopka, Florida. Right. Is the, the death, the death of shame. And I, I mean, yes, there have always been con artists and there've always been fabricators and fabulists and all that. I mean, going back forever and people have fooled people and people have taken advantage of people and certainly people have sexually assaulted people, but, and gotten away with it. I mean, come on. But, it's just the death of shame. And I do think, you know, people, hey, oh, Trump's not the problem. He's a, he's a symptom. He's not the cause. But I like to describe Trump as an accelerant, right? He accelerated the bad things that were going he, on. He's an enzyme, you know, like he assists yeah, the chemical enzyme, process. Exactly. Right. He is, he is, the, he is the, uh, the, the amino acids of hate. Um, so he just, there's more, people have less shame. People publicly have less shame. You know, shame kept a lot of bad people in check, and it does less now because we have these examples of people who get away with without shame. And I'll tell you, Harvey Weinstein, Les Moonves, these guys getting their comeuppance after years reveals a lot of things that were going on under the surface that we didn't know about. So it's not just more public figures eschewing shame. It's learning how little shame was necessary for people to be, you know, how, how little shame successful people had. So the more these people are so brazen and obnoxious about, I mean, accusing the woman you raped of causing your personal 9-11. I mean, it's like this Ann Coulter thing of sitting back and going, what can I, literally, what can I say that will offend people most directly, right? Like literally sitting down, like how can I make this as pointedly offensive as possible? Partly because he's a narcissist and he, he knows it'll get him attention, but also just because his soul is rotten and the shame is gone. I did an interview with him and his wife and that was kind of the first one and it snowballed from there and then he would keep calling and trying to say you should look into this and you should look into that and things about the prosecutor in Utah. But I, it just struck me as why would somebody who claims they're not the person from Rhode Island care so much about what the news is reporting in Rhode Island? All right, now let's bring this thing home as we talk about our final two segments. Tell me what element of jealousy there could possibly be in this fucking fracas. I said it might be the death of society if there's no shame. I wish I had a little less shame, right? Because shame has, 
I mean, yeah, shame is important, but too much shame. It's, it's inhibited you, yes. It's inhibited me, and I think I'm getting better at that. But, yeah, I wish, you know, you could say Nicholas Alivarian has a superpower and uses it for evil. And I'd like that superpower to use it for good. Now, I'm trying to think of an example of someone with no shame who uses it for good. I mean, I guess that's like wacky people who go out and aren't afraid to make fools of themselves to entertain people. But like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not shame. It's like if shame is linked to like social anxiety, like, okay, I do a fair amount of political volunteering, but one thing I will not do anymore is phone bank. Um, text bank, which isn't really effective anymore. These days I write a lot of postcards. I organize postcard drives and I host fundraisers, but I don't phone bank because, I mean, I used to joke, like if I'm phone banking on behalf of a candidate, like they will lose votes, but you know, I got to be kind to myself. It, 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 triggers my anxiety so much to get on the phone and talk to people in that context. So I don't do it, right? I find other ways to be useful. And I wish I had, I mean, I describe it as courage, but maybe that's not fair to myself. I just wish, I don't know, I mean, not directly shame. I just wish I had less self-consciousness to be able to do certain things. That being said, you have to wonder with narcissists like, uh, uh, Alvarian, like George Santos, like Trump, like they clearly are in pain and clearly this grasping desperate need, you know, oh, I was just checking the bunker for safety, like how they are so injured by criticism. Like I'm not that bad. I'm not as thin skinned as they are. So I'm the opposite of jealous in that, like, well, I'm an actual fucking adult. So I don't know. Like there probably are no good people who lack shame because you, to be a good person, you have to have some shame. You have to care about other people. You have to care about yourself, frankly. You have to have these, these guardrails on just human interaction. So I guess I were bolder. I guess I wish I were bolder, and I'm jealous that he's bolder than I am, but it's the wrong kind of bold. So between the two of us, I'd, I'd take me a thousand times over for many obvious reasons. I think it's a great way to put it. And, uh, you know, Thank I've you. been looking for I've been looking for a segment to sort of dump this on, but... This fucking guy has completely ganked my style. The English preppy style, the tailoring, the bow ties. <laughs> like, you yep. know what? To, to, to weapon The pocket square, shit. my friend. Oh, God. I, I, I have, in the, look in the Dateline piece, guys. If you look at the, the still of it, he's wearing a bow tie, which is called a Blenheim. And that was the, that's the Winston Churchill dark blue with, with white, po- uh, white pin dots. That, that is a classic English bow tie. I have it, and it's like, I wear it, I, I, I pull it off well, and if this guy is affecting all these tough English, like, bullshit, just to make himself, he's wearing the costume of somebody who's English, to, 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 to just, if anything, he's, he's attracting more attention to himself, because he looks like he just stepped out of Little Dorrit. And it's like, it, he doesn't realize that by putting the gas pedal so far into this fake English bullshit, that he's just decredibilizing it if that's that's not even a word it it, yeah. it but the problem is it like it doesn't make my job easier you know the way tucker carlson used to wear bow ties he stopped a long time ago but at one point the bow tie was worn by two guys in america paul zongas and tucker carlson and no, it's like paul simon paul simon oh paul simon sorry paul, paul simon. simon different guy yes paul and simon tucker carlson and a guy at my synagogue who you don't know there had to be someone else famous. Uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan wore a bow tie, right? DP Moynihan wore it sometimes, yeah. I think he did. Uh, there's a few other people. 
right. Yeah, not a lot of people. Not a lot, not a lot of people. people. So right, let's put this on the scale, Noah. The 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 the, the uh, uh, Felonian scale of all things. On yeah. now that we can't use James Cord as a punching bag, if we were looking to open it up because James Corden just ended the show. So Jimmy Fallon's the last man standing in terms of loathsome late night uh, personalities. Honestly, dude, I I never understood the hate for James Corden. I watched maybe five minutes of a show total, and you know I was one of the few people who liked Cats. I thought he was fine in that. But my memory of James Corden is, you know, you remember when he first got famous in the U.S.? I do not, actually. He won a Tony for starring oh, for the, in this Broadway the, comedy. Two, two Governors or whatever that was? One Man, Two Governors. And I saw that, and he was fucking awesome! He deserved every ounce of that Tony. That was, that play is easily one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had on Broadway. It was nonstop polarity. And he was great in that. So when I started hearing, oh, he sucks, he sucks, he sucks, I'm like, all right, well, enough people think so, so that might be true, people I trust, but that's a shame because he did not suck on Broadway. So I, I never went on that train. Jimmy Fallon can burn in fucking hell. Um, okay, so where do I put this? Uh, I start, you know, I compare like to like recent or semi-recent topics we've done that have a gossipy, newsy, fake, what are they all about, who's lying, who's not lying slant to them. So I want you to take the square root of the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial, right, just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the square multiply, root, okay. Square root of that, okay, you got a number, right? You multiply it by the Adam Levine uh texting scandal, whatever the fuck that was, you add the Ilaria Baldwin fake kind of controversy, and then you subtract 6.731. And wherever you arrive, after doing all that, wherever you arrive on the Felonian axis, that is where you will find Arthur Knight slash wow. Nicholas Alivarian slash the crazy what world of Arthur Brown. is this 6.7391? What is that figure? I, look, I don't know. Am I one of the dozens of MIT eggheads we employ? At, I don't get it. The pop culture get off my long cast well, headquarters. You're, you're one talk of them. Talk to them. I talk to them. Yeah. No, I I supervise them. I only I only went to the the extension course at MIT. I can't really call myself an MIT you, scholar you like need, Nicholas Alavari. The guys from from Austria working around the clock only on you. Round the clock only on me. <laughs> comparing notes. The, only the, the guys best, in Vienna. Only a the, team. Be, the team of the best guys working. I only need on a you. team. No, this is math, folks. Ah, uh, yes, I need a team. <clears throat> okay, uh, well, yeah, I, so I'm, that's, I'm happy that's to where tell I you. I'm going to yeah. I'm like like you. I, I've finally learned the lesson. I'm going to compare one to one. There's not going to be any. No, I like any. that you do that. I like okay. the contrast. between One us. week only. I enjoy I not, that. There's one going to be one to one. Like it's going to okay. line up perfectly. It's going to, and it, it not. I'm not Perfect. giving a hyperbole. As everybody knows, it is going to be absolutely lockstep. I so have, have never a, exaggerated about anything <laughs> once in my life. Not once in my life have I ever exaggerated. Loathsome human being who defies comparison yes. on any account because of the actual actual sex crimes and depravity that he's visited yes. upon unwitting victims. So and and and, and you know we uh, will not take responsibility for, for anything he's done. So on just basically by the degree of gravity and you know this matches up perfectly with the topic previous. We have no choice but to compare this to Ryan's world. <laughs> oh, that is brutal. All right, all right. So here's the question. Seriously, how old is Ryan now? And this, by the way, those of you who don't know. Ryan's World is famously Bill's least favorite topic of the 270 topics we looked at. 
Uh, how old is Ryan now? Is, I'm, is Ryan I'm a guessing legal he's adult around age? seven. No, he's not adult age at all. He's probably somewhere close to like nine or so. He was born in 2011. He is tw- he he's 11. He will be 12 now. Okay. So here's my question for you. Fast forward to 15 years from now. Ryan is fully an adult of some form or another. He is standing up there next to Arthur Knight slash Nicholas Alivarian. You get to punch one in the face. Who do you punch? And uh, Ryan he, hasn't learned anything this time. He's the same fucking... He's worse because he's an adult now. No, he hasn't I'm, I'm sexually gonna, assaulted anyone. Yeah, I'm going to punch the guy he's a, he's a, right he's in his man. oxygen mask. There's no way. We got we to give it to Arthur okay. Knight slash John Garabini. Yeah, I know. Slash, also, yeah. as, as bad as Ryan is, he's a kid. It's his parents. Okay, who do you punch? Uh, do you, would you punch his parents? Would you like to punch his parents? Uh, I would. Can I roundhouse kick them? Is it, do I, am I stuck with punching? Yes, you could do that. And by the way, Nick Alavarian is blessed. He has a punchable face, too. Yes, he does. Uh, I'm a big fan yeah. of the punchable face. I think the punchable face is, is, a, is, a, good, is a good metric for our society. Um, All right, everybody. I think that pretty much takes so. us to the end of this episode. I don't know. Yes. There's no, no more blood out of the stone we could possibly get. So if you'd like to find past episodes, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at No and Bill Show. Write to us, No and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Give us room on the aggregators. Oh, I'd like to highlight uh, Mr. Will Coker on Twitter. He really, really said very nice things about what we both uh, do on this show. I'm very appreciative. He, he did. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when, when people go about uh, alerting me and like, this is how we meet new friends, there's a lot of really decent folks out there. Uh, I would hope that people don't lose faith in the connection of Twitter and these things because this is a actually is legit a great way to meet nice people who are just friends you haven't met yet I swear to God I'm right, on Twitter speaking right. of which at William Scurry I'm on YouTube youtube.com slash amcaesar and now here's Noah I am really not on Twitter I am but I don't use it I read sometimes uh, but I more personally am uh, on Instagram at, at the Noah Tarno uh, but I am all about the big quiz thing the uh, America's premier providers of private and corporate America's premier provider. Uh, that's a good point. Yes. Well, this is this is the news we talked about it last week. But um, uh, Bill and I are going to be. We're gonna, when's the last time we saw each other in person? Oh God, it's got to be at while. least uh, 2018, oh, 2019 thereabouts. Way downtown. Way downtown. Anyway, Way we're going to we're we are both. I leave tomorrow. We uh, we're going to meet up in Dublin, Ireland. I'm doing a big quiz thing event in Dublin. That'll be fun. Bill's coming to meet me. Help me out. We're going to see the city for a few days. It's going to be nice. And we're going to try... Ah, that's right. We're going to try to record an episode. we got to figure yeah. out what our topic is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. That'll be fun. I guess our next episode. So stay tuned for that. But go to bigquizthing.com. Learn about how to bring the very best in corporate and private trivia fun to wherever you happen to be. Um, and, of course, Big Quiz Thing is on social media as well. Uh technically still on twitter on facebook on instagram on linkedin that's where it's happening man fuck this making friends i want some business follow me on linkedin i'm not joking uh anyway bigquisting.com check it out and so until the next episode where i feel that i'm not bill scurry but instead my name is royal albert hall and i'm actually wanted for tearing the tags off of mattresses we, we don't, don't get, get it. it a production of american caesar enterprises 2023